You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. Today we're going to look at Psalm 21. It may not be on your hot list of psalms to go to when you're thinking through what's a good psalm to read right now to pray back to God. But I I want to maybe challenge your thinking on that. Psalm 21 is a psalm of David, and he's writing it from a perspective as being king. He was king of Israel about 1,100 years before Jesus was born. And it's interesting because when we read these kind of psalms, We have to understand how to read it with the narrative of the entire Bible in mind, the rest of the story in mind, how to read it, how to pray through it, meditate on it with the narrative of the gospel in mind. And I think this is one of those Psalms that is a picture of the gospel. It's what will ultimately be true of everyone who is in Christ. This is the the way the Bible describes what the restored kingdom is there's that word, will be like when Christ returns. And those in Christ will, as the Bible says many places in the New Testament, will reign with Christ forever, Uh, will have the crown of life is a common uh, phrase that's used in the New Testament about a believer, uh, or have golden crowns on their heads. These are These are word pictures. These are images to try to bring that metaphor to life in the sense of what is it going to be like for those who have a resurrection when Christ returns, those who are in the kingdom of God when Christ returns to establish his restored earth, and we will have restored bodies. The Bible has all kinds of metaphors to try to describe that. One of the metaphors is that we will be kings and queens. We will reign with Christ. And so the narrative of the Bible opens in Genesis chapter 1, saying in chapter 1, verse 26, when God says, Let us make human beings in our own image, let them rule over and exercise dominion over all the earth, over God's creation. So this is God's design from the very beginning. It's his blueprint for what it means to be human, is that we are made in his image so that we can reign in his image over his creation. And this was always God's plan, and that plan has never been fulfilled. That sixth day hasn't happened yet because, well, uh, the man and the woman in the Garden of Eden blew it. They were supposed to spread the kingdom of Eden, the the presence of God on earth, the kingdom of God on earth, which was the Garden of Eden. They were supposed to spread that throughout the earth, but instead they wanted to be their own king, wanted to be their own God. And God kicked them out of Eden so that he can in a sense, come again in the person of Christ and bring Eden back to earth when Christ returns to earth. Uh, I'm not trying to get too theological here, except I want you to understand that the narrative of the Bible is that when Christ returns and there's a resurrection of the believer, we are going to return back to that narrative. We're going to go back to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. We're going to go back to the sixth day and exercise dominion over the earth as people fully restored to the image of God in Christ. So Paul talks in Romans 5, 17 about the first human brought death, but the second human, talking about Jesus, 
we shall reign in him again. In other words, he, we shall reign in life. We're, we're going back to Genesis 1. Uh, Paul talks about in 2 Timothy 2.12, uh, and it's a phrase sometimes you, you see a lot about, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Jesus talks in several places in the book of Revelation, those who endure will receive the crown of life. Those who endure will reign with him forever, reign on earth forever. Uh, those who endure will sit on his throne. These are all kind of saying the same thing. That we will be like kings and queens on the new creation. But it always is tied to the, the idea of if we endure, this is what we'll receive. Now, we might think that's a negative not comforting thing, but I think it really is comforting because what it shows is that when we are enduring in our faith, we don't feel like we're being rewarded in this life. We're going through something where we're missing out, we're, we're going without because we're trying to be faithful to Christ. And the, I think the comfort is it is entirely worth it. We will reign on earth with Christ and it's going to be far more worth it than we have any idea. And I think that we need to mentally narrate our lives with the gospel narrative of reigning with Christ on earth in the kingdom of God on earth. And that word kingdom is kind of the whole point, right? It's kind of getting back to that reigning forever with Christ. And so this Psalm 21, to get back to Psalm 21, is a psalm reflecting on God's blessing to the king. And I just want to look at the first six verses and then I want to pray through it with us to just kind of pray Scripture back to God. I'll guide you in a time of praying this Scripture back to God so that some people who don't know how can learn how to pray Scripture back to God. I think that's a life-changing skill, life-changing practice. But also sometimes it just helps to have somebody lead us through a passage and, and guide us in that time of prayer, which is what I want to do. But I, again, narrating our lives with this verse, this passage. Let me, let's read the passage, talk about it a little bit, and then pray it through. Verse 1, David says, O Lord, and that's the all caps, Yahweh, the I am, in your strength the king rejoices, and in your salvation how greatly he exalts. So God's salvation is not we die and go to heaven. God's salvation is that we are restored to the glory, we're restored to the radiance, we're restored to the position that was lost, in Genesis 3, that will be restored in Christ, in resurrection, on a restored earth. So in that restoration, we who will be kings with Christ, we rejoice. In his salvation, we greatly exalt. Verse 3, for you meet him, the king. And again, we have to put ourselves, again, I think the best way to do this is what is this psalm being what is true of every believer in Christ so in a sense, every line could be personalized in the first person. We could say, in Christ, I rejoice in your salvation. I greatly exalt. In Christ, you meet me with rich blessings. And so verse 3, you meet him, the king, with rich blessings. You set a crown of fine gold upon his head. He asked life of you, and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you bestow on him, for you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. 
again, if we can personalize this as being something that is true for us in Christ, in Christ we ask life of Yahweh. We ask life of the I am, the giver of life, and he gave it to us. Length of days forever and ever. That's kingdom of God kind of language. Your glory is on us, and so that our glory is great through your salvation, splendor and majesty you bestow on us. This is, this is what the promise of the gospel is. We will have glory and splendor and majesty and life, a crown which symbolizes reigning in Christ. A crown on their heads is what Revelation 4.4 4 says. The crown of life is what the New Testament says over and over is a picture of what those in Christ will receive when Christ returns and their salvation. You, you make me most blessed forever. You make me glad with the joy of your presence. These are all descriptions of what salvation is, what salvation will be on a restored earth with restored bodies. And so I think a narrative we have in our head, in Christ, I am a king or a queen because that's what Christ is, has come to restore, the full image of God to reign on the earth. I have wealth. I have confidence. I have dignity. I have joy. I have the power to bless people with my words. And this affects how I see others. It, it affects how I see my wife. She is a queen that's going to reign in Christ with the dignity and the wealth and the power and the joy and the confidence, the radiance, the glory, the splendor the majesty, the crown of life, the rich blessings, the gladness and the joy in God's presence. If I see my wife that way, if that's how I narrate who she is now, because I see her now as who she will be then, changes how I treat her, changes how, uh, whether I get impatient or whether I say something unkind. And I think this is true for all the people in our lives because this is the potential for all the people in our lives in Christ. And I think it's for sure true on how we see our own life, how we see our going through life with the things that discourage us, the things that make us feel worthless, the things that make us discouraged about who we are. If we could narrate who we are based upon who we will be in Christ, reigning with him forever, co-heirs with Christ, the Bible says, this is language used a lot in the New Testament. And it's a language used by Jesus when he says, you know, whoever endures, I will give the crown of life. Whoever endures will reign with him forever. This is language we see in Revelation. Revelation 22, the very last chapter is talking about the end. And it says that they, those in Christ, will reign forever. And this is the Bible's description of who we are. And I think this psalm then even though it may not appear at first, it might just seem like a psalm that's irrelevant to us because talking about David and talking about being king, it actually is the most relevant, one of the most relevant psalms to re-narrate our lives. So let me guide you in praying through these six verses of Psalm 21. Again, uh, just to kind of teach you how to, how to make a psalm your prayer. And some of you already know how to do that, so I don't mean to be you know, overly teaching here. But on the other hand, sometimes it just helps to have somebody guide us. So let me do that with you now. Oh Lord, Yahweh, the name you told the Hebrews to call you. It was the Hebrew verb, he is. You told Moses, here's to 
Tell the Israelites the I am has sent you. Tell them I am has sent you. You are I am. You are existence itself. You are the source of all existence. You are the giver of all life. Nothing exists that doesn't come from you. We come from you because you willed us to exist. And you are present completely 100%, infinitely present with this now without being any less anywhere else because you're infinite. You are the I am. In your strength, we can call ourselves kings because Jesus is the true king who came and who lived the life that Adam and Eve should have lived on our behalf. He died to break through the other side, to destroy death and to rise from the dead with a resurrection so that we would no longer have the sting of death, but we would have a resurrection in Christ and we will return as kings and queens to reign on the earth forever, the scriptures say. We will reign forever with him. So we call ourselves king and queen. We, as king and queen in Christ, we rejoice in your salvation. We rejoice because you have greatly exalted us. We have no idea what this means except to know that this is what you have always planned for us to reign on the earth all the way back to the first chapter of the Bible. And Christ came to take that scroll, it says in Revelation 5, to come from the very throne of God and to take that scroll and that we would be a kingdom of priests and we will reign on the earth in Christ because Christ is the true king. And so we thank you, God, for that salvation. You have restored us, rescued us. We are co-heirs with Christ, in Christ. We are in Christ and therefore reign in him forever. In Christ, you meet us with rich blessings. In Christ, you set a crown of fine gold on our head, a crown of riches, a crown of power, a crown of blessing, a crown of dignity, a crown of confidence, a crown of joy. Even now you give us the power to bless others with our words of life and encouragement and love. Even now you help us see others with their crown on their head of dignity and wealth and joy and confidence. You give us life. You give us length of days forever and ever in your kingdom. In your kingdom, you give us your glory, your splendor, your majesty, that I would see myself with the glory that you give me in Christ, with the splendor that you bestow on me in Christ, with the majesty that you bestow on me in Christ. This is obviously something in the future, but it's it's now because it's it's who you see me as now because it's who I will be then in Christ. It's how I need to see others now because it's who they will be in Christ. Glory, splendor, majesty. And we are blessed forever in Christ. You make us glad with the joy of your presence. 
your 100% presence, the joy of your presence, the giver of life, the source of all existence, the God of radiance, the God of beauty, the God of glory, the God of splendor, the God of majesty who creates us in your image and bestows on us your glory and your splendor and your majesty and your radiance and your beauty. This is the gospel. This is what Christ came to give us. This is who we are in Christ. And we want to narrate our lives with this truth. We want to see ourselves with this narrative, with this mindset, to mentally narrate our lives with the gospel's narrative. And I trust you because you're worthy of my trust. I'm aligned with you because you're worthy of my allegiance. My hope is in your word. My hope is in you because you're worthy of my hope. You're worthy of my confident expectation because you keep your word. Everything you do is right. You never make a mistake. You are faithful to your promise. And I trust the Bible's narrative. I want to be in Christ. I want to endure in Christ. I want to be faithful in Christ. I want to be someone who believes to the end and faces life's challenges with belief. Faces life's temptations with belief in this narrative. Why would a king stoop to live like an animal? Why would a king or a queen stoop to live as someone who doesn't have? Because you have blessed us forever with great wealth and rich blessings, it says. Why would we treat others as if they are not kings and queens in Christ with the wealth and the confidence and the dignity and the joy that comes from being in Christ and the future that will be theirs? If I could see them now as who they will be, as C.S. Lewis says, I would be tempted to worship them. Wrongly so, but that would be a temptation because of their glory and their radiance and their splendor and their majesty and their beauty. Thank you, God, for this promise in Christ. This is reality in Christ. This is the story my life is in. This is the story that defines today for me, defines who I am for me. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.